Oh, 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 well, 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 it's another episode of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we dispense more SEO delicacies than an army of New York City food carts. This week, we speak to the internationally renowned Shane Barker, all about influencer marketing and how it intertwines with SEO, how influencer marketing can impact your SEO efforts, engaging in meaningful influencer marketing, all while staying entirely white hat, staying on target with your influencer marketing for strong SEO. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the uncannily unbiased, the revifying revolutionary, Kim Ragones. Thank you for that introduction, Morty. You're boosting my ego. That is my goal in life. Is it working? <laughs> yes, yes. Great. This is great. I'm so happy. Me too. This is, and it's working out for both of us then. Yes. Oh, boy. So we have a great interview with Shane Barker for you in just a few short moments. By the way, great guy, great guest, tons of fun, literally. Anyway... Before we get into that, I want to talk to you about CTR and core rankings because it's what's hot in SEO. Red Hots, get your Red Hots here. I have been dying to talk to you about this since the last episode. I actually wanted to discuss it last week, but the story broke after we already had the agenda for the episode out and I was not going to redo it because that would be too much work. Just to be honest with you. Okay. So you're sticking to the program. That's I, good. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. <laughs> good. Good. Uh, yeah, that's your. That's your influence on me. Yes. Thank you. Now They're you're boosting organized. my ego. Uh, I, good. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, it's working out for the best of us. Yes. Okay. Why don't we catch up? Anyone who may not be familiar with this story, and let's keep them up to date. Go ahead, take it, Kim. Over the past few weeks, Googlers have said that the search engine does not consider a site CTR when determining the rankings on the SERP. More recently than that, Moses Brittany Muller found a Google developer page where its cloud team said that Google does look at clicks, that it considers those clicks for future queries. Mm, So, of course, this was the cloud team, not the search team. Uh, Also, it could certainly be that Google was referring to personalization within the search results. That said, everyone freaked out out on this one. People who thought that Google does not use CTR were screaming enough of this conspiracy theory. People who think Google does use CTR as part of the core algorithm were screaming, see, Google has not been forthright. We told you so. This one was screaming. That one was screaming. And everyone's just been screaming. In fact, Google came out and made a statement on this, which is surprising. I don't remember if it was on Search Engine Land or Barry Schwartz's SE Roundtable, but Google made a statement about this very topic and that just confused people more and more and more screaming ensued so what do you think is the case morty Mm. have no fear for i mr morty am here to bring balance to the force as i think um because we're talking past each other is ctr part of the core algo and my answer is and the answer is do you want the drum roll yes please could you (laughs) oh that was impressive (laughs) thank you okay the answer is who cares who cares is the answer yes who cares because okay what we do know about machine learning is, okay, my machine learning, I'm more specifically referring to rank brain, is that it uses behavior. It looks at CTR in order to better learn how users relate to a query to better understand intent. Okay, now, what does machine learning do with that info? Nothing? 
No, of course it doesn't do nothing with it. That's crazy. Okay, it makes adjustments. Uh, it may say that for this keyword, the intent based on the CTR is X. And if your site is Y, well, you're not on the SERP anymore. It may say that all of the pages clicked on were ones that had an image. So an image here for this query is super important. So for the query, you don't get any clicks, nor do any of the sites that are similar to yours because you don't have this image. And machine learning says, hmm, what should we do with these sites? Are they irrelevant? or not. So obviously, before you all freak out, I am oversimplifying this for the sake of time and so forth. But you get what I'm trying to say. CTR is part of the mix, okay? That's a given. It's a known. Is it a direct signal? Well, Google says not. Is it an indirect factor? Well, yes, it is, okay? This is where, this is my point. We're all talking past each other because no one's taking the time, in my opinion, to actually explain themselves, okay? And, 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 in the case of most SEOs, that's because all this is happening on Twitter, which is just so conducive for having a meaningful, elongated conversation of actual substance where you cannot possibly confuse what people are saying. Because that's what Twitter is for, obviously. Okay, so without nuance, we get into this whole big fight. But I think if you sat down with everyone, you could hash this thing out wherever it walks away saying, oh, I get where you're coming from. You're referring to things indirectly. You're referring to things. I, I get it. Do you get where I'm coming from? Yes, at least partially. Oh, that's good. That's all I can hope for. It's <laughs> a good start. That's a good start. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and cut to the interview with Shane. By the way, I, si I sound fine now. I, I sound healthy and strong and, and good. My voice is good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, but when I interviewed Shane, I was yet again suffering from a horrible, horrible cold. So get ready for Nasley Morty. Cut one. You already know we love bringing in experts from all over the digital marketing universe onto the In Search SEO podcast. And today we have a really special guest. I'm not just saying that as some sort of marketing ploy that would be terrible to do. I really mean it. Today, the world-renowned digital marketing strategist and influencing marketer master. He's an instructor. He's a consultant. He is Shane Barker. And he is here to talk SEO and influencer marketing's impact on it. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm getting over a cold, but uh, I'm getting there. Slowly but surely. That's, yeah, well, you get a little nasally on, on podcasts. It's not a bad thing, man. It sounds like it sounds like the wisdom's there because you got that little hair. Like some, you know, I like it. Right, unless I go too, too Bob Dylan with it, and then it's not good. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. <laughs> it's true. So you literally are everywhere. You literally do a million different things. Can you please share with the audience <laughs> a little bit, you know, one foot, about what you do and how you get it all done? Yeah, so well, I appreciate that being seen everywhere. I, I, it's 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 taken a while to get there, but I I have a thirty two person team, so I, I'm not going to claim that I am the 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 sole person behind this because if so, I'd probably look a lot older and I probably have no hair left trying to keep <laughs> up. But yeah, we've got I've got a thirty per, thirty two person team. It's all remote, so um, they're all over the world, all full time. So it's probably the reason why I and I'm seen in a lot of different places and and have the time to do you know the keynote speeches and the podcasts and all that kind of fun stuff because my team's awesome, but. Yeah, so I've been doing digital marketing for twenty plus years. Wow, um, based for a long time. Yeah, and and I, you know, just recently, last five or six years, maybe seven years now, I, I jumped in the influencer space just kind of by accident. It was a client reached out to me and says, "Hey, I need social media marketing," and I said, "Yeah, he sounds good. Let's see what we can do." And then, really, at the end of the day, she was selling uh, fitness eBooks on Instagram, and she was crushing it. She was doing about four hundred thousand in sales a year wow. by herself. Yeah, it was one of those crazy deals. And I honestly, for me, when she came to me, I, I thought it was like some kind of a scam or something. I thought it was some kind of a credit card fraud ring or something. Because I just couldn't imagine this girl who's 22 years old that she's making 400000 And she was not happy with that. She's like, I, I really think that I'm just not doing you know, the best I can. And I thought, my God, if I was making thirty grand a month 
her overhead was literally a gym membership. Like <laughs> that's so was amazing. Like, she really get like I don't know if she really understood like what she had, you know. And like over time, we we revamped everything, redid her website, and redid everything, and, and did that. But the idea of it was is that at that point, I was like, God, what is like what is she doing, right? And everything was all of her marketing she did was through Instagram. And we tried SEO, we tried PPC. None of that was anywhere close to as favorable or worked as well um, as it did when it comes to influencer marketing. And she just had a great story, and she had built this community from, you know, from one person all the way up to, by the time she came to us, she had 180,000 on Instagram. We got her up to about a half million. So, and we've got up to 1.6 million in just under a year. That's so unbelievable. Was, was, it's nuts. That's nuts. She was making a million dollars a year and she was like 23 years old. And once again, her overhead was a little more because I'm, I'm a little more than a gym membership a month, just <laughs> give or take a few dollars. But, but at the end of the day, she was, she was definitely clearing a million dollars as a 22-year-old you know, fitness influencer. So it's kind of nuts. But yeah, I'm, I'm an instructor at UCLA as well. So I teach a class on personal branding how to be a, and how to be an influencer. So in the quarter, it's a two-part class. One is for influencers, how to be an influencer. And the other one is how to be, if you're an agency, how to work with influencers and how to find them. So wow. it's kind of a two-piece course. So I fly down. I live in Sacramento, so it's about a an hour flight down there. So I fly down. I'm actually going to be starting back up in quarter two, but I fly down there on a Tuesday. I do the class from five thirty to no, excuse me, six thirty to nine thirty, and then I fly back on Wednesday morning. So it's it's a little bit of a crazy schedule, but one hour flight isn't too bad. That you know? sounds brutal. Wow, I don't know how you keep. Do you sleep? Do you have any leisure time? How do you how do you not no, kill yourself like this? No, I try not. I try not to sleep. That's the thing. That's the killer. Is that when people you have a lot of people that sleep. And that's when you start to get weak because you really lose that time. And I would right. highly recommend if you're listening to this, do not sleep. Do not um, sleep. If you can you eat, you can eat. I mean, that's <laughs> important. I would say oxygen, water, uh, you know, I mean, it's up to you. I'm not here to judge if you don't drink water. Uh, whatever you do to, to supplement your water intake is cool with me. No, I, I do sleep. I, I used to be, a, I used to have, I'm going to say used to. And if my wife's listening to this, she's going to probably try to call up or say, no, that's not true. He still works that many hours. I, I literally was working 18, 20 hours many moons ago and, you know, not killing myself, but just on the verge of killing myself because oh, nice. I just repay. Yeah. Right. But I made it. Here I am. Right. I wouldn't be in this podcast, but here I am today. I'm a survivor. Remember that? Like kind of like Beyonce, but it's a different <laughs> deal. Um, but yeah, so I, but I, what I did learn through that whole thing was I, I grew my team and I like delegation side of things. And there was a lot to learn there. So mm -hmm. now my hours aren't quite as crazy. Um, the training, like for my team, not to go heavy into that right now, but the training for my team and the, the things that we put in place in the processes. I mean, I've hired hundreds, if not thousands of people. So I have good processes in place and we know what we're looking for. So it just, it just took that, you know, to have that foundation of understanding like how to hire the right people. And that just takes a while. And then once you do, you have to realize that, you know, because us as entrepreneurs and, and, and as marketers, you always think, oh, nobody can do it as good as me. And, and maybe that is true for the most part. But the problem is, is then you're stuck doing everything and you become that bottleneck, right? So right. It's, it's like, hey, you can be the treasurer, you can be the secretary, you can be the president, you can be whatever. And um, that's all great. But there's going to be a point where you're going to break, right? And, and it's usually a time thing. So now I have a really have a healthier schedule. I haven't worked out as much as I used to this last few years. I mean, I lost probably 15, 20 pounds once I kind of got this in place. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, now it's, um, I haven't worked out as much because I've I hurt my knee doing, or hurt my leg doing CrossFit. Actually, it's a long story. But anyways, but yeah, at the end of the day, hey, we're, we survived and here we are today, 32 employees and we're doing, we're doing extremely well and I'm excited about being on the podcast. Wow, congrats. Really, really glad to hear that. Well, since you kind of opened the door, I was going to do it to you anyway, but since you mentioned that you've been around for a while, I'm not calling you old or anything, but um, could you tell me the, the difference between when you first started net, you know, doing digital marketing, you first got into the whole industry, what did the landscape look like back then 
relative to now? How has it changed? The biggest thing you can think of, you know, on one foot, of course. But I can I can barely hear you because I'm really old, so I don't have my hearing aid in. But from what <laughs> I from what I understand, I think you said, um, what's the difference, right? What's happened yep. in the last twenty years? I mean, what what hasn't happened, right? I mean, it's like there's nothing's the same as what it was, right? When I was doing SEO, it was it wasn't even SEO. It was like, hey, we did this thing and. We're getting, I think some people are coming in through my website and then when there was no A-B testing, there was no, you know, keywords. I mean, well, maybe some of the guys I knew were doing some keyword stuff, but it, it just wasn't, it's just a different deal back then. You know, right. it's like you would index well for something. You're like, wow, this is super awesome. I don't really know how this is happening. And then people are trying to, you know, we had these little groups that we were kind of a part of and trying to figure out what was going on. So, I mean, now these days it's, it's a different deal. There's just so many cool tools and so many cool things that you can use to be able to see where your rankings are at and what the other people are doing, how many backlinks you're going to need to be able to get number one for this keyword. Now it's all, you know, it's not an exact science, but it definitely gives you a better idea. I mean, back in the day we were flying blind, like we were just coming up with our own theories and saying, Hey, I think this is it. And uh, what do you, why do you think that? Uh, I don't know. Cause I had a dream last night. Like I I don't, (laughs) there wasn't really right too much backing that up. And so, you know, now these days it, once again, it becomes easier with software, but it also becomes harder because, you know, there's, there's a lot more competition, right? When it comes to like domain names and it comes to content and stuff like that. I mean, I think the one thing that we can all agree on, or, you know, at least a good percentage of us can, is that, you know, you put out great content and, and that's the key to the thing, right? You put right. out great content, you're going to receive backlinks and, you know, it takes a while. I mean, my site, as an example, we have had my site for probably seven years and just in the last probably year and a half, we really, really put a lot of effort into really increasing our rankings. Before it was like, you know, it's kind of like we always joke around about it, but it's like, you know, the, the guy who repair, I don't know the name, the guy that repairs shoes, like is always the guy that has a hole in his shoe and he's repairing everybody else's shoes. It was kind of, it was like that. We right. would go help all of our clients. And for us, we didn't do it as much because it was like, well, you know, we we're doing things for everybody else. And finally I said, okay, why are we not doing this for myself? Cause I was getting a good amount of inbound leads just due to the fact that I, the writing that I do, I mean, I write for a hundred and over a hundred sites, about 120 sites right now. Shoot. Once again, not myself. I have a 32 person <laughs> team. So God bless everybody that's listening to this right now. That's on my team. I love you like no other. Seriously, love you. But yeah, so that's kind of the deal is like for us, it's, you know, it's, so that's the inbound side of things was something that we looked at and said, Hey, we really want to, the end awesome. But now I also want to start getting a lot from, from the SEO perspective. So anyways, we saw some huge benefits from that. This last year we've, I mean, we've absolutely crushed it. I mean, we, I can get up number one for just about any marketing keyword. I mean, I go up against, I go up against the big dogs, right? I mean, it's anybody that's in the marketing space, they're marketers and they, most of them understand SEO. So it's hard for me because it's not hard for me, but it becomes a challenge because I go up against the best marketers in the world for certain keywords. And so that's, you know, that's, that's a challenge, but it's a challenge that I, that I love because right? I love that kind of stuff. So, and I'm friends with a lot of those guys as well. You know, like we secretly really love each other, but deep down inside, we want to crush each other from an SEO perspective, not necessarily for the leads, but just to go and, and send them a little message and be like, Hey, but I saw you dropped it on number seven. That sucks. Cause I, I went to number one, but anyways, have a good weekend. Um, do your thing. Don't stay up. Don't lose any sleep over it. Not a big deal. Focus on other keywords where you might have a better chance where I'm not trying to index. <laughs> Bragging rights. That's, you know, well, sometimes. I get that. I get that. So I suppose we should get into the meat of all of this by talking SEO in relation to influencer marketing. So let me start with the obvious. Okay, The obvious upshot of influencer marketing from an SEO perspective is links, right? But perhaps, what's perhaps not obvious about that, though? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, you, 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 know, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it is links, right? I mean, obviously that's what it is as long as they're, uh, you know, relative to, to what you've got going on. I mean, I think the, the, a lot of people look at is that, you know, you have the social, the social media play, which obviously that's a variable with SEO. It's not the number one thing. Links being the, the main thing and the relevancy of that. But the, the, the social media play, I think Google does recognize influencers and people that have influence, right? Whether that be on Instagram, whether that be on YouTube, there's different levels to it. I think on Instagram, it's a little more difficult because there's only one link, right? There's an, in the bio. So I think that makes sense. But you have YouTube, which is, you know, it's the second largest search engine. So if you have some links that are in there, you're mentioning something. I mean, Google's, you know, pretty smart last time I checked, right? So um, I think they have a good idea of, of some stuff that's going on there. And I think over time, they'll understand that, hey, listen, as long as it's your, you know, your product matches up with this influencer and it makes sense, if you're selling blue widgets and you're trying to sell this to a yoga instructor that doesn't use blue widgets and there, there might be a disconnect there. Right. But I think once again, as long as it comes down to authenticity and relevancy, I think that Google, you know, I'm sure that Google takes a look at that as, as something that's favorable. Okay. So let me follow it up a bit. The other biggie for me when, when talking SEO and influencer marketing is authority. So I'm in the camp with the, you know, within the SEO community that thinks Google has a more holistic grasp on understanding a concept or an entity or even a site from that perspective. Then to understand what a site's core intent really is, meaning Google knows not only what what the site is, but as a general sense of who the site is. So to this, mm-hmm. I think that the site authority, the brand, that brand authority is a big part of what Google looks at when they're, when they're ranking sites. Do you think then that a brand's online relationship with an influencer helps build that brand credibility? If I'm connected to a credible influencer, is there sort of a transference of credibility that Google, that Google understands, it picks up for, and that Google really thirsts for, currently at least? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, like I said, I think there is a direct correlation. I think Google does recognize that. I mean, you have to realize that there's obviously billions and billions of websites and there's so much data. I do think that Google has a, a good understanding of that. I mean, do I do I firmly believe they have a, a control of everything? I don't. Right. I really don't. I mean, it's like you don't, it's just too much information, right? I don't care how big you are and how big your servers are. There's there is there's always gonna be I mean, if not, then I could there wouldn't be black hat SEO, right? There wouldn't be people that can go game the system for three months, six months. I mean, I know people that have websites that have been gaming the system for years, right? And so that people fall under the radar. And that's just that's understandable because you have millions and billions and billions of pages. So and more stuff going up every day. So but I do think that Google has a good idea, you know, for the most part of let's say it's you know eighty or ninety percent of the stuff that's going on, I would say. And in that situation, once again, if if uh, an influencer is partnering where a brand is partnering with an influencer and they're creating content, you know, that I think has some SEO benefits for sure. Because once again, it's, it's a good product. It's a good influencer. And, there, and there's some, once again, that transparency there. And it's something that's relevant. That's obviously the biggest thing with Google, right? I mean, you can go get a backlink anywhere and do this and do that. And over time, they're probably going to find out about it if it's not, you know, either if you paid for it or if it's on a site that doesn't make any sense, right? And then you obviously have Google Console and you have analytics and all this fun stuff that, that ties that in directly. So they'll, they'll be able to see that kind of stuff and it'll end up on the radar. But I, I do think that, you know, that over time, what's going to an influencer has influence in the sense that, you know, they go and look at, you know, let's say Shane Barker and they say, hey, he seems to be real active on Instagram, seems to be real active here. Well, that's influence, but it's also authority, right? Because people, the amount of followers you have, that means you have some kind of an authority in your community. That means that people are following you for a reason. Now, do I think it's as strong as if I got a backlink from a news station? Probably not, right? But the idea of it is, I think in premise of what it is, is that, yes, so that Google will look at this and say, hey, this is favorable. This fits within you know, the link profile and it makes sense. And so let's kind of push them up in the rank. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And to your point that um, there's really so much that Google can really crawl and, and really understand. There's just a, no matter how many servers they have, as you said. But do you think at a certain point when there's enough interaction between, let's say, an influencer and another entity, a brand, whatever it is, that 
Google can make a, a knowledge graph connection between the two of them. And if it does, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, well, I mean, once again, if it's it's no different than your link profile, in my opinion, right? And the link profile is like you have these 500 great links and then you get 100 really bad links that's, you know, Chinese porn or something, <laughs> then then they're going to find that, right? And they're going to find out and say, hey, look, this doesn't make sense. There's something funny going on here. We're A, going to give you a warning and say, hey, this is something you need to disavow. You need to check into this. Or on the other side of it, they're going to, and if you don't do it, then they're going to assume that you're trying to, you know, gain the system. So I think it's the same thing with influencers, maybe not to that level. Like I said, if I got a link from a news station or from, you know, something like that, that's obviously going to be a lot more high when it comes to authority perspective. But I do think over time that if Google says, hey, listen, like you seem to be working with these influencers and, and they're all high authority. What I mean by that is they have good followership and they seem to be authoritative in their space. I, I, there's not going to be a downside to that. Once again, if you're partnering up with an influencer, I think that that doesn't fit for your your brand. I think your bigger thing is to less worry about SEO, more worry about are you picking the right influencer, right? Because right? that's a problem. Yeah, that's that's not going to be a disconnect. It's not good for the influencer because they're going to lose followers. Because if I'm a yoga instructor and I start talking about you know blue widgets and they're like, what do blue widgets have to do with yoga? Then people are going to start falling off because there's there's always another yoga instructor. There's always another influencer that's ready to perform, right? So there's somebody else that's putting on a great show. And if you start promoting stuff all the time and you start promoting stuff that doesn't make sense with your audience, your audience is going to say, listen. Like, I'm not going to come to your show anymore, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and go over to John's show because it seems a lot better. He puts out better content, seems more authentic. And so I think that's a bigger play in, in regards to, you know, less about SEO and more about like picking the right influencer for your product. So I definitely want to hit the, um, the right influencer in a little bit, but I really want to get something a little bit, I guess, controversial. So there's, my perception is, you can correct me if I'm wrong, there's a little bit of a dark underbelly to the influencer marketing slash SEO world. And if I remember correctly, there was an article, I think, that Search Engineland put out where they, where they called out a certain number of sites, themselves included, where they were actually harboring paid links. So you're talking about a top-notch site like Search Engineland, and they're, in reality, throwing links onto their pages that are paid. So one is... Have you seen this played out? Are, are sites catching on? Are SEOs catching on? Is Google catching on? And not to throw too many questions at you at one time, but has it had a negative effect on influencer marketing? And lastly, and maybe perhaps most importantly, does it create a, the idea of influencers charging for links? Does that create a sort of unfair equation where if I don't do it, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. If I do it, crap, I'm paying for links. If I don't do it, I'm not competing with the competition. Yeah. I kind of wish you would have given me a few more questions there, but I I'm think, sorry. I, think I, I can, can do that if you want. I can go back. We'll stick at 15. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I, I have like ADHD and remember I'm 43 <laughs> and can barely hear. So at this point I'm like, uh, my answer would be yes to all 15 of those. No. Nice. By the uh, way, you have more hair than me. So you're doing better. So well, that's on my face. Friend. Trust, it's a little darker. <laughs> Trust me. It's not I grow for every hair I lose on the top of my head. I grow 16 on my face. That's so that's back. actually literally, literally yeah, my back. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> you have talked to my wife. That's awesome. Yeah. No, my, my facial hair is, and this is literally taking me two years to grow, which is a whole nother conversation. So <laughs> right. we'll ask that as a 16th question and we'll stick with these 15. Nice, right nice. So this is the thing. I think when it comes to social media uh, or, or in our search engine uh, land and all these other websites, this is the thing in, in the premise of SEO, it is absolutely illegal. You should not do it. You can never try to game the system. Google's like, do not try to game the system. And what do we do? We game it all the time. We want to game the system. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. Human nature. So this, we're absolutely doing things illegally. Everybody is. Like, if I'm trying to outrank you and I'm willing to do pay for links or do all this kind of stuff, I'm not saying you should do that. But what I am saying is our whole premise of what we do, if you offer SEO on your website, you are trying to game the system. 
100%. Like, that's just how it is. Now, there's different levels to this, right? There's different levels to, to gaming the system. Now, if you're paying for a backlink, whether it be on a website, whether it be through an influencer, that is your choice. You have to be a little careful of that. Um, do I really think that Google will know? Potentially, right? If I go, if you go to my website and I say, hey, I'm offering a backlink to uh, search engine land for $1,000, pay cash, send it to my PayPal account, then there's, there's a higher likelihood of, of that happening, right? So a higher high likelihood of, of Google finding out about that. Do I think that people are paying money to, for backlinks? It hasn't changed. Right. I mean, right. it hasn't let this. Is, that's been going on since probably not probably not at the same time as prostitution, because I think that's the older <laughs> profession. But give or take a few years. Right. I think is there really right a difference? Along, uh, is there? I mean, let's let's really bring it up. Right. I mean, right. you're paying for services. I mean, let's not we don't have to go heavy into that right now, but we can we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. I mean, that's the key to the whole thing is that it, it's you are trying to game the system. But this is the way I look at it is that if you are paying for links and we had PBNs, we have all these other things that people do, there's a risk at anything you do there, right? So if you want to do that, I'm not here to judge you either way, but I will tell you that there, there is a potential, there can be a risk there. You're working with somebody that is blatantly saying, like if I, let me tell you this, okay. if I had a dollar for every time somebody sent me this Excel spreadsheet on a place where I can get backlinks, <laughs> I would be, I could retire right now. And I could, I would come out to Israel. I would buy a small island. You and I would drink Coronas with your family. We would have, I'd have a resort house and all this kind of fun stuff because I get sent them like ad nauseum, right? right? People are like, oh, hey, I can get you on these sites. And hey, it's going to be two grand for Forbes. I'm like, oh, sounds good. Like send it over. And I just, cause I want to see you know, what they send me. And it's the exact same list right. that some poor guy came up with probably about 15 years ago. He might not <laughs> even be around today. Right. And everybody grabs it and they add their 200, 300, 500, a thousand dollars onto it. And then they pimp out this list to just anybody that's willing to respond. And it's like, that's where I think things become a little fishy because you're, A, you're putting everybody at risk, right? Of like, hey, like, because the author, whoever's putting this out there is at risk, right? Because he's going to get banned, right? Because that's a problem. But, you know, you look at the other side of it. If there's also the PR side of things where you mention brands and articles and that's, that's been going on forever. So I don't, once again, I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's a bad thing. I just think that you have to be very cautious, right? You, and that's a problem if you don't really know SEO and you're, you're sold by somebody that does SEO, whether they're good or not, it's hard to say. And you go, well, I've heard good things about backlinks. And I think paying you know, $2,000 for a Forbes interview for a backlink is, is a good thing. It, you know, it's, it's not <clears throat> it's your link profile, right? It's not just one link. So I think what people miss is that getting one mention on Forbes, that absolutely can maybe push your sales for a day. And actually, I'll tell you this. If you well, get it on Forbes- That was no follow. Not, yeah, well, it's, it's going to be a no follow, but the other side of the thing too is Forbes articles are usually pretty short, right? Same thing with Inc. It's it's awesome to say I was mentioned on Forbes or Inc. Not a problem with that, but if you think that you're going to spend two thousand dollars on an Inc. link, Inc. link, say that three times fast. If you think you're going to get that, and then you're going to get at least ten thousand dollars in sales or whatever you think that number is, you are mistaken. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again. You are mistaken. <laughs> you will you will not. It's not going to be that beneficial for you. The idea of it is a link profile, right? So you can go have a, a domain authority of 10. Just because you get on Forbes doesn't mean you go up to a 20, right? The overall thing of this is it's more, it's a link profile. It's not just one link. It's 10 links. It's 20 links. It's 50 links. It's 5,000 links, whatever that number is. Quality links that are all saying, hey, Shane's website or, you know, somebody's website is authoritative. And that's why I'm backlinking to them. So that brings it up. So 
you know, I know people that, you know, can go in and, and get me on certain articles and get, do this kind of stuff. And we already write for the site. So for us, it's not that beneficial. But I can tell you that there's huge benefits from my link profile because I write for these, I write for these companies and I have for probably seven or eight years now. That's, that's, how I'm, that's how I get a lot of, that's how I get almost all my traffic. Well, that from SEO as well. But I mean, the backlinks there have catapulted me. Like anybody that says, hey, we're literally in question about like backlinks if they're still relevant brother come on now like i'm telling you right now it's working and it will continue to work as long as once again it's relevant to your website and you keep an eyeball on it if i had you know once again if i had a dollar for every time somebody sav try to sabotage me monthly i don't know why i feel like i'm a pretty friendly person for the that most is part that you know, is probably like, why that's pro you know what maybe because i'm that's a pushover huh well they see a nice face you're right they are bastards yeah, I mean, they are, because they look at me like, oh, look at him. He's got the beard and stuff. He seems so friendly. I'm sure he's good with his kids. They're just thinking, sucker. I know. Total <laughs> sucker. I think you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a new thing. I'm going to start slamming people online. That's my new thing. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. And anytime. This is, a, this is a moment of clarity. Yep. This is a moment, this, do we get, do we get a finder's fee for that? What do you want to call it? Oh, dude. I'm Since gonna, we're talking no, about paying for stuff? Have, no, you're probably going to have to put money on my books. Oh. That's the unfortunate part because I'm probably oh, going to be in jail or something. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Anyways, turn of events, not a big deal. I'm sure we'll be able to survive through all this. But yeah, no, it, you know, I think, once again, I think it goes down to, you know, we talk about like backlinks and that kind of stuff. It's always going to be relevant. When it comes to, you know, if there's influencers that are paying for backlinks or that you're paying an influencer for backlinks, um, I think, once again, you have to figure out in the overall scheme of things, how is that going to benefit you? Um, I'm not saying it won't benefit you, but it's, once again, it's the long-term play with this. Um, and I, when it comes to backlinks, when it comes to SEO, it's not a, hey, just get this one backlink. Don't put your whole budget into getting two backlinks, for God's sakes. Please don't do that. The idea of this is to show the traction, right? The idea is, is to people, more, more people talk about you, talk about you, talk about you. That's from a social perspective. That's from you know people writing about you, getting on podcasts, doing this kind of stuff. Like, How are you going to get the word out there more, right? And right. so that's how you start to get that traction. It's not an overnight thing. If you if you have an SEO company that calls you up or emails you or does whatever and says, well, I can get you on the first page for $99, please use that money to take your family out to dinner. <laughs> like, do something more productive than go for the big win. Like, this is the thing. You, it's, it's like working out. Like, people are like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, guess how you do that? Hard work. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not just going to be like, don't go get the six-second ab machine. You know, I'm, that's not saying it's not going to work, but I'm telling you, it's not going to work. So you just, you got to really think about this. The idea of this is it's going to take work and it's not just a one-time deal. You have to look at the long-term play and really build that traction. And that's not going to be just one link. So go back to, hopefully I answer all your questions. Wow. No, that, that, all of them and more. Amazing. Here we go. Yep. I'm going all in on this thing. All in. <laughs> By the way, this is a, it's a mind blow for people that getting a link or even hooking up with an influencer is not going to change your life overnight. You can get a thousand retweets or a thousand whatever, but tomorrow you're still the same guy. It's still the same deal. I mean, that's the thing is, does it help? I think it does help. Rough, I sure. know it helps. But the thing is, it's the long-term play. So don't be confused. Don't pay a crazy amount of money for one link. Like it, you know, it's the idea that it's a long-term play. So you just say, hey, is this good for my link profile? Is this going to be a good mention? But what else can I get from that? Because if it's an influencer, the key to the whole thing is great. Maybe there's some SEO value in that. That's perfect. And then what you have to think about is, okay, this influencer mentioned me in your contract. What you need to include is, hey, I need to be able to use your content that you posted and put it anywhere I want. So I can put it on a flyer. I can put right. it on my website. I can use social proof. I can pull some PPC ads and push it to it. I can do like, that's what you have to figure out. Because 
you want to look at how you can continue to use that content. And what most people don't understand is that when you put it up on Instagram, like how do I reuse it? How do I continue to grab that value? Because you paid for a sponsorship. You paid for somebody. If I had LeBron James go and, and do a commercial and say, hey, Shane's the best marketer, you better believe for that price point, which I'm going to be paying him, which is way too much money probably, <laughs> and probably have to pay him in like 1,900 payments or something. The king has to then, charge. The king has to charge. I know. I know. And I'm like, buddy, like I've, well, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm a big enough fan. Like I retweeted two of your things in the last year, for God's sakes. Like I kind of feel like you owe me, right? <laughs> two things yeah, for sure. Yeah, at least. Anyways, I mean, there's some, I haven't retweeted at all. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean I if you give something gonna... a like also, I mean, if you like something, I would say that's even more valuable. Come on, you like I mean, this stuff? Go, Come on. I'll like a few things on his page yeah, today. Yeah, there but you go. The, 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 the idea of that is, is you better believe that I'm going to leverage whatever we wrote, whatever content we put out, whatever we put together, because that's the whole idea of it. Like influencer marketing six years ago was, hey, this is a really, you guys can't see this from a podcast, but hey, this is a really cool coaster. Um, I've given it to all my family and they love it. And we, we haven't ruined any of our furniture. And people go, oh my God, I got to buy that coaster. That was six or seven years ago. And now people go, coaster? Like, who cares about a coaster? Like, it's not, right? Nobody cares. And so the idea of that is if you want to sell more coasters, you have to figure out, A, how you're going to put out some creative content with that, right? But then how you're going to reuse that in your marketing and once again, continue to, to, to rejuvenate that message and get that out there so people are going to buy product. So I, I like the fact that you brought up the, uh, the contracts for the influencer because I want to ask you a question. So yes, we understand you have to, you have to pick the right influencer. There has to be a sort of correlation between what you're doing, what they're doing, and so forth. But how do you keep an influencer in line, so to speak? I know it's a, it's a weird sort of question, but if you – and it's a delicate sort of relationship. If you feel like there's, there's a sort of a, a, a veering, off, veering off course, how do you pull that back in and maintain the relationship at the same time? I mean, for me, I'm just a very physical person, especially after this podcast, because I used to be a pushover. So you have to physically grab influencers and you have to put your, I, I use local influencers. So if I need to go knock on their door or something like that, or we have to do some, some mobs. I mean, I'm nice. Like Vinny so and whole, Tito, right? I don't want to bring up names, but right. uh, yeah, I mean, that, that could have been some of the people I use. People with no necks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> people that are a lot bigger from than Jersey. Um, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're from New York. Not that you would know anything about that. <laughs> hey, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. We'll keep it. We'll keep it kosher. I know this is a family show, kind of. So the the thing is, is really when it comes to influencers, what you have to realize is I get very general questions about like, oh, how do we like, what should we charge or like, what should we? The thing is, every influencer is different, right? So what I would say is a general, a general, I guess, word of, I don't know. I guess a good measure for like how to like control influencers is to make sure you have milestones, make sure you have checkpoints in between creating content, right? So you want to make sure that it fits for you. You don't want to constrict an influencer and say, hey, we, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. I mean, you want to have a brief so that at least kind of explains this is what we don't want. We don't want to talk about religion. We don't want to talk about, you know, pornography or whatever this is, right? I mean, obviously some of the stuff you'd think is, you know, whatever. You probably wouldn't just want to speak about that, but they right. probably hopefully understand that, but you want to put it in a brief. So <laughs> then what happens is you say, hey, you know, this is what we're going to be looking at is that we want you to create the content, but we're going to have two or three milestones or things that we put along the way to be able to check on the content. Maybe you come up with some ideas and maybe a quick little picture of what you were kind of thinking. It doesn't have to be high level photography, but or high res, it can be just, you know, some ideas conceptually. And then you can just put that together because it does, it has to be great for the influencer. You have to go, hey, this is the kind of content I produce. And the brand should have already looked at that influencer and said, hey, I love your content. I love the, you know, the concepts you come up with. And the brand comes and says, hey, this is kind of what we're thinking, but we're open to suggestions, right? And then there has to be those checkpoints, right? It's the same thing if I'm, you know, writing an article, like there's, there's never going to be a point that an editor 
is just going to say, hey, just go ahead and publish it. I mean, I, actually, that's a lie. I do have a few sites that let me do that. But, but for the most part, they're not going to, right? There's checkpoints. I want to make sure you're not writing anything crazy. You're not putting anything too salesy. You're not, you know, whatever that is. And it's the same thing with influencers. Like you're developing that relation. You want to have that open conversation with them. And you want to have those checkpoints to make sure that they're producing content that is going to be, that's going to align with your brand, right? And that's right. going to align with them as well. That's a, it's got to be a win-win for both sides. But don't constrict influencers and give them guidelines that are so tight that they're like, this just doesn't make sense for me to move forward because I can't, I can't move and wiggle within this group and, and be able to create content that I think my audience is going to love because that's what it is. Right. The audience has to love the content. And you as a brand say, I have some ideas, but I really want to hear what you have to say. And let's figure out something in the middle that we can agree upon and move forward with. Right. That's, re that's really helpful, actually. So now that you've offered us all these really helpful and really insightful tips, I feel like to ask you a question that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. I have this thing that I do that I, I call it optimize it or disavow it. I'm going to give you two options. It's sort of like, what do you call it? Marry, dump, divorce, or start, bench, cut. One of these sort of games. I'm going to give you two yeah. options and you have to choose one of them. And I can give you two really good options and you're leaving one really good option aside. Or I can give you two really crappy options and you have to choose a really crappy option. Now, what generally happens with these things is, is that I think I have this really great question that's going to put you into a corner. And then you guys all are such great experts that I, I feel like, wow, that was a silly question. But I'm going to try it again anyway, okay? So we're going to play Optimize It or Disavow It with Shane Barker. So then, um, what should a brand pursue if they, of course, only have the choice to do one? Um, a big-time influencer with an insane number of social media followers who's willing to give your mm -hmm. URLs a tweet or two. Or a far less known influencer who's willing to include your product in a blog post that they're writing that will stay oh, on the internet man, forever. Just, I just feel like I just feel I wasn't I feel like I wasn't prepared. No, so you're for just, this. You're I, just I being feel nice. like maybe we should just get rid of this mm -hmm. whole podcast interview. I, I didn't know it was gonna be like this at the end. I'm sorry if anybody's just jumped up. So here's Really? No. <laughs> oh man, I feel like such a jerk now. No, no, no. I feel no, so no, bad. No, I'm I'm not apologizing. I feel really bad. It's just a whole thing I just can't hear in this ear okay. because I'm so old. But no, I mean, that's a hard one. So here's the deal, because that, that really is a toss up for me. I mean, it's the thing I would think the more value obviously is going to be if you do the, the blog post. The problem is it really, 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 really comes down to like their website. Like you can have, I mean, if they don't have a, they just put their website up two weeks ago mm -hmm. and they do a blog post. I mean, maybe down the road, it'll index well. But if, it, if they don't put up constant content, if it's not indexing well, I mean, it depends on what keywords they're going after. I mean, there's just so many variables to that. I mean, oh, man, I would have to say this. I think that the thing for me would be um, it's probably more valuable today for the retweets from a influencer that has a big following because that's going to more of an immediate Interesting. Like, okay. thing that you're looking for down the road. There's so many variables on this influencer. Once again, how much content they post, how long are their posts, how often are they, they producing the content. I would say, I guess it comes down to value. I mean, it comes down to money as well, right? If I have a big influencer, hey, right? I mean, it's always is. It's hey, always about money. Bucks for two retweets or this guy's saying, hey, it's going to be a hundred bucks for a blog post. Ooh, you know, I mean, I, I might roll the dice for the hundred bucks and say, hey, I think it's, right. it's good that this person's talking about it. But it, it all comes down to terms on, what that person's willing to do for you. Like, hey, maybe they say, I'm going to do this blog post, but I'm also going to, I'll tweet about it every once a month. We're going to do this, or this is my goal for the content down the road. I'm going to do two blog posts a week. And this is what we're, you know, so I don't know. I mean, immediate, if you're looking for gratification, like PPC, as an example, then I think the retweet is, and you're maybe going to see something from that. If you're more looking from the SEO side of things of this, like, hey, there's could be a long here, long, long-term play. 
and I'm not paying you know, $10,000 for this, this blog post, then I would go that route. So I know that really does not answer your question at all because I just played right in the middle, kind of like right. I did when, you know, kind of like when you're getting married, you're like, I'm not really sure. You know, like both of you. you know, your wife, your wife is listening, right? Yeah. yeah. By the way, baby, I love you. I was just kidding. <laughs> he made me say that. I did. Yeah. I got you. Right. <laughs> I did again. <laughs> wow. So the classic SEO answer of it depends. Yeah. You like yeah. That? Right. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Yeah. It's always way to straddle that. Especially when you're being recorded because you're like, I'm just, I can't get. I really don't know, but I have to. Act I hope like this I is recorded. Those are screwed. I know. Can you right. guys edit that part? Right. <laughs> yeah, we can do whatever we want. It's yeah. not live. Thirty-six <laughs> minute to thirty-seven because he obviously doesn't give an answer. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Shane. I really appreciate you coming on. This is great. A ton of fun, by the way. We will definitely check out Shane Barker. He's all over the place, keynoting, speaking. Check out his website. And thank you again for coming on. Awesome, and thank you for having me, bud. Absolutely. Okay, we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. What do you think, Kim? Uh, good, good. I found that interview influential. Ooh, nicely done. Well played. Okay, again, I really enjoy the interview greatly. It's not with every interview that I can be my sarcastic self. So thank you, Shane, for giving me that. But let's now roll to the poll question because I'm curious to know after that interview specifically, I'm even more curious to know. I'm curious to know what? Take it away, Kim. To what extent do you focus on influencer marketing? Right. How important is influencer marketing to you? And of course, you can find this poll question on the blog that hosts this very, very podcast that you're currently listening to. You can find it at the Rank Ranger Twitter account. You can find it on my Twitter account. You can find it here. You can find it there. You can find it everywhere. By the way, before we get going with the news, let's go ahead and take a look back at last week's question, which was? Excluding sites that are super slow. Which should be a bigger priority to a site mobile user experience or mobile page speed? Mm, good question. And y'all said nearly 75% of you went with speed. Page speed was more important than UX. Benj Ariola, um, he's at Benj Ariola at B-E-N-J-A-R-R-I-O-L-A on Twitter. So check him out. He made the point that that was a very interesting point. He said that page speed or a page loading fast and loading well, loading quickly is from a certain perspective a part of user experience so page speed and user experience kind of go hand in hand and i thought that was an interesting way to look at it which is why i'm featuring him on this very podcast big shout out to you benj Ariola. okay now that that's done and now that you're getting ready to answer the current podcast question poll question i got it right anyway now it's time for the news so take it away kim with the news Google Assistant will be compatible with seven Indic languages as more phones could be coming with a special Google Assistant button. Mm, okay, so that button is going to be a great big push for the feature. Also, more languages. Hmm. Remember we talked about a few weeks ago, languages and entities all relating together, Google's new way of indexing according to entities, etc., etc., etc. Controversy erupts as a new featured snippet format on mobile showed what would usually be presented via a list in the zero position, position box as tab, none of which show the URL until expanded. Right, so you have this, this was a really interesting one. You have a, it was a mobile test, it doesn't really show up. I, I, I was not able to replicate it, but again, it was all over Twitter. You had a, a what was normally show as a list with a URL and the feature snippet, it was tabs. 
and you had to first expand the tab to see the URL. By the way, there was multiple URL, there was multiple snippets of content, a carousel of feature snippets almost upon expanding the tab. And of course, the controversy was, oh, you can't see the URL until you expand a tab, and that is not good for the website. By the way, okay, while I usually get into the you know, hey, this walled garden stuff, I'm not so into it. In this particular case, I'm less concerned. One, okay, for the query. It was a list. It was a, 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 the query had to do with seeds that had omega three vitamin whatever it is in it. The regular normal featured snippet lists those seven seeds that it shows you in this new weird feature snippet at the URL. Meaning, the featured snippet as it normally is showed you the complete list of of whatever it is that have this omega three in it. I'm such a I'm such a big health expert. You can tell. It's a direct answer anyway. There's no need to click on that URL even if it shows up in the box. If all you want is a list of seeds for this query that they showed, and we'll include the actual picture of the of the uh, feature submit for you in the blog post here, there's no reason to click anyway even without this format that excluded the URLs. So nothing really changed from a practical perspective for me in this instance. So I'm not I'm not freaking out yet. More for call-only ads. Google has said that call-only ads will be getting a second headline that can contain up to 30 characters. That's cool. More is better, right? Yeah, yeah. more is better. I, I always like that. More is more. Mm. Well, we're about to call it a wrap, but before we do, you know what time it is. Yes, I know what time it is. It's time for your latest unpredictable question. Yeah, unpredictable because I didn't even send it to you beforehand, right? No, you know the question <laughs> unpredictable. Very for the audience, it's unpredictable, not it's still for Kim. Unpredictable until I uh, see what you wrote. Oh, that's true. Okay, fine. <laughs> so it is time for the fun SEO send off question. Yes. Okay. So this week I like to know, I like to consider what card game, what playing card game does Google prefer to play? I will go with a very international game of poker. Hmm. Poker. Yes. I'm I like that. Okay. Well I'm going to go with Go Fish. And why is that? Uh, well, because I hate card games. I am the worst gambler. I do not gamble, I suck. Uh, so like Go Fish is like the highest like, you know, risk game I'm gonna I'm gonna play. That's one. As hard as it gets. At the end, okay. But also, I have little kids, so all we do is play goldfish. That's all there is. Okay. Now, when you're playing with kids under under the age of seven, let me explain something. You are never playing with a full deck, both, <laughs> both literally and figuratively. And that's what Google says when us SEOs come up with a new theory on what's going on with Google. They say, go fish. Get it? Because... Yes. They don't really give out information, so we say, hey, here's what's going on, and they say, go fish. So I say, go fish. Okay. Yeah, I see your point, but I was thinking that that is uh, the game that you prefer to play and not Google. It's not the same thing. You, you know, you're splitting hairs and getting technical on me. This is a little <laughs> bit much. That's my answer. You don't like it. You don't have to listen to it. I'll take it. All right, fine. But what do your kids play? Uh, my boys actually play poker, and they're not so much older than yours. But What, what uh, is going on in the Ragona's household? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't teach them. It was uh, my mom okay. and also that my husband's dad. Your mom. <laughs> my mom and my husband's dad have taught their children to gamble. Yes. Right. And now they're also going clubbing. They're only eight. <laughs> not That's quite. Correct. But poker they play. And this is actually my retirement plan. 
a very low risk choice, I think. Oh, really? They're that good? Yes. Like, so basically, your kids are good at lying. <laughs> no, they're just, um, they have very good poker faces. Oh, that's well, good. Well, they calculate everything well. And they know, they know how to play the game. That makes mothering easy. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We hope you've had fun and learned something along the way. Stay tuned for a new episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. And don't forget, it's In Search because we're all in search of something. Thank you. Bye.